to see what's going on the world and America and globe, globally, okay? So I suggest you to go to Prophecy Club. Then we also have a trained prophet. It's led by the prophet Leslie Johnson. And so I was a part of a student. I still am, and she is my mentor. So train the prophets. So if you want to be a minister, which we all should be, and uh, uh, you find out through the uh, going to train the prophet and find out how you can get involved and be trained. And so you can be used by God. So then this is our ministry, Lou, Pastor Lou and I. It's whitehorseoutreach.com. And the White Horse Outreach is given to us by God. And we heard clearly. And that is your ministry name. That's what he told me. So that's the name. So this is the email, Pastor Lou's email. And you can email him if you want to contact us. And if you have something to say, then you can email him, and he will return email or calling. Oops. How would I do that? There you go. Okay. Thank you. Samuel. So Samuel is kind of strange for me to bring Samuel, right? Because you expect that, oh, she's going to bring something about deliverance or something like that. But... Samuel, this is what I chose to do, and this is what comfort in my heart, and Lord, give me peace of this. So this is what we're going to talk about. So Samuel, he was the prophet, black and white. There's no compromising, right? So he was the Nazarite. He was priest. He was judge, and he was the prophet. So it's very rare, the prophet, to... Uh, really have that many shoes to wear. So he was a very rare one. So this story of Samuel began with his mother, Hannah. Okay, we, nobody's going to be here if we don't have a mother except Jesus, right? Yeah. So mother is very important in our life. Okay, so this barren woman, Hannah, this is what we're going to talk about a little bit. And here's the picture of Eli, Hannah, and the toddler, Samuel. I'm stuck. Pull me out. Pull me out. <laughs> there we go. So Samuel was dedicated to the Lord by his mother, Hannah. Okay, what kind of mother is she? He, she, he was a miracle child. So if you want to talk about the miracle, okay, right there. Okay, barren woman having child is a miracle. So Samuel is known for, which I talked about, prophet and judge over Israel. Samuel established Israel monarchy, which is he established the kings. God chose him to anoint and counsel Israel's king, which that's a big shoes, Right? He was called to a nation, but he did not start in the nation. Hometown is Rama, Benjamin, located in the hill country of Ephraim. And occupation was a priest, judge, prophet, seer, and called of God to anoint the kings. So seer, you can see in many ways. 
And most people, when they hear, oh, this person is seer. Yes, they actually see in a spirit. They can actually see, right? But sometimes they don't see pictures, but they, they perceive it. They perceive in their spirit. So even though they don't actually see it with the eye in the spirit, but they perceive the frame. And sometimes they will have that snapshot a vision also is, 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 is together as a seer, okay? So prophet can be seer and also they don't see it. They just receive it from the Lord. So, so I mean, we'll go into that the next time if this is what I'm teaching about the difference. So father, we're, we're going into history of uh, Samuel Fathers named Elkanah, Mother Hannah, and Samuel had sons, Joel and Abijah. So Samuel was raised in the temple of Shiloh under the guidance of Eli, the high priest. Samuel was much more, which we talked about that, so I'm going to pass that. Samuel's name means name of God, and, and his lineage is from Levi. His father was Levi, which is the bloodline of a priest. And also Samuel's name is also, you can also explain as he heard prayer. So God heard, hear, okay, prayer of Hannah. So here's Eli and here's Hannah and she's praying and praying her heart out. And Eli is watching her on one of those uh, um, feast day, and that's the picture. So we're going to start with the first Samuel 1.11, and she bowed uh, bow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look unto reflection of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, She's, so she's pleading to him. But will give unto thine handmaid a man-child. She did not ask for girl. She, she asked for boy, Pacific. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the day of his life. And there shall no razor come up on his head. So she is so desperate, so desperate for son. And she's willing to give him up. So number six, two, so I want to talk about speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them when either man or woman shall separate themselves to bow or bow of a Nazarite to separate themselves unto the Lord. So when, when you bow to the Lord and you're going to be Nazarite, there's a specific things you cannot do. And once you vow, you have to do it. Otherwise, curse come up on you. So 1 Samuel 128, therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. So she's actually praying, but she's also telling him what he's going to be. Lent to him, it belonged to God. Samuel was when, uh, like around the age of four because by the time the kids become four, they stop nursing, right? Hopefully they do. <laughs> I 
I, would, I don't think I want the four-year or five-year be on my breast and trying to drink milk, right? So <laughs> that would be terrible. I've seen some of them, though. And I had my mother, my younger brother, was clinging to her all the time. So I remember, uh, he was five years younger than me, so I remember my mother had to put some hot pepper around her nipple. So he tried, he grabbed her, he tried, and he... So that's how she wins him. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah. So if uh, you want to do that, then, you know, so be it. <laughs> so he was brought to Tabernacle to serve under the Eli. Can you imagine around four years old, be separated from mother, and, and come to a totally different, stranger place? Even as a child, Samuel was given his own tonics. Okay, so this is important because the priest, the only one, wear those things. But as he was a toddler, he was wearing one. So did God mark him? Yeah. So what was Hannah thinking? My gosh, she got this miracle ch child. And, and she is telling God, if you give it to me, I'm going to give it back to you. So we're going to talk about this. I put Korea down so I can talk about it. So Hannah had, uh, let's see, Alcana, the husband, had two wives, Hannah and Fininia or something like that. Excuse me on my um, pronunciation. Anyway, so the other woman had children, had sons and daughters. But Hannah didn't because God, the Bible says, he shut her womb. So she couldn't have the children. So in the Bible, when you read the, uh, when Elkanah had a two wives and one was Hannah and one was the Elkanah, uh, the uh, Fininia or something like that. And the, when name come first, either they are loved or they are the first wife. Because the, whose name is first, that makes a difference. So uh, I believe Hannah was first wife, couldn't have a children, so he had another one. At those times, it's a polygamy it was okay. They could have many wives as they want. Can you imagine that? <clears throat> King Solomon had a bunch of them, 1,000, right? 300 wives and 700 concubines. And I don't know how he remember every room. Or how he built a palace for everybody, right? Because their loyalty once they're married to him, right? <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm glad I'm not one of those ladies. Because <laughs> I'll be fighting for my husband. <laughs> so the, okay, Korea. I think it's a far east more than uh, here in America. Now, if you're married... And if you cannot have babies, you really are doomed in the family. And also, um, if you can't, you have uh, many children, but it's all girls, you don't have a boy, then you're doomed again, right? So a lot of time, in, I know in Korea, because uh, I'm from there, if you cannot have son, they will bring in another woman. Yeah, another woman. As a mistress, second wife, if she cannot have baby boy, then they will get another one. 
and they all live in the same house. So one who have son will ridicule other ladies. So she become really number one because she has son to carry on the name and bloodline. Okay, so that's what was happening to Hannah. It's the same thing because that second wife or that lady who had many children was ridiculing her, and and she was just saying, "I have son. What about you? You know." And it, this is was happening all the time in her life, and so she she was really miserable. She was so stressed out, and she would hate it, and she hated herself because of. Uh, the whole neighborhood knows she, because she was barren. And that time when you are barren, you're cursed. So that other lady was just abusing her, in other words, verbally and mentally. So um, that's why she didn't have no status, even though her husband just loved her so much. And he said to her, am I better than 10 sons? But she didn't answer that, but she, in her heart, yes. Yes, I have to have a son. I, I, I got to have my status as your wife. And she, she, she wanted to establish herself in that family, even though her husband loved her more than anything. So she was so miserable. That's why she come to God. And she was so desperate, she, she was crying out. So the Eli saw her, and she was, her lips were moving, but there was no sound. So when we pray, it doesn't have to be loud. That's their hears. Okay, you can do silent. He even reads your own heart, deep things in your heart. So would he not know? He knows. But this was what she was so desperate, miserable woman, even though her husband loved her. One thing she wanted was a man child. And now she's in front of God, and she's desperately asking him, pleading for that. And Eli watched her and came and accused her of being drunk. That was early in the morning, too, right? That reminds me that when disciples, when they received the Holy Spirit, and they were speaking in other languages, and everybody thought they were drunk. Remember that? Yeah. So Eli come and accused her, and she wasn't rebel against him either. She was very, very respectful because she understand his authority as a priest, high priest. Eli was high priest. So she didn't fight him back or anything. She just nicely, respectfully speak to him, say, no, sir, I'm just praying to God. My heart goes out, and I'm, as, I'm pleading with him. And then later on, Eli told her, let God do what you're asking for. Yes, yes, yes. So it's, oh, it's, it's agreement. Prayer of agreement is so important, Okay. So the, sometimes we need to get some more help from other believers. So you need to break out and ask for help. And, and the agreement is more powerful. So now we want to talk about what's happening 
at the temple. Same temple, the Hannah dropped Samuel. So your leadership is very important. I mean, four, four five years old, I mean, 1 Samuel 2, 22-25. Now Eli was very old and heard all that his son did unto all Israel. So now we're going into what's happening over there with his family, Eli's family, high priests. And how they lay with the woman that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. So they're having sex with the people at the church, the worker, the leadership. So those two sons, since they are Eli's sons, so they're priests. So they have a requirement God required, right? And if they're not going by the, what the rule is, and they start messing around with the ladies in the tabernacle, they're sinning. And not only that, Samuel, as a little boy, he's watching all this stuff. Okay? And 23, and he said unto them, this is Eli saying to the son, and he said unto them, why do you do such things? For I hear you, your evil dealings by all these people. So, People are coming to Eli and telling him all about what's happening at the temple with behavior of his sons. So he's confronting them now. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. You, ye, make the Lord's people to transgress. So not they are just sinning. They're the ladies who's getting uh, laying with him also sinning. 25. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? None. None. Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father because they, because the Lord will slay them. So when they didn't listen to his fathers. And they continue on, and Eli just let it be. He confronted them a little bit, but that was it. Knowing, probably his excuse was, I'm too old to deal with this. But it doesn't matter how old you are, because you're supposed to, as the minister of God, high priest, you're supposed to get your house in order. And if you close one eye to your family, that is not right with God. So even though it's really hard, I know it's hard, you, you have to rebuke them, you have to stop them, and you have to get kick them out of the ministry. That's tough, isn't it? Otherwise, if we don't do it as a parents or the minister or leadership, then the Lord will come into that place. And it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be pretty, right? He, because he will curse them, he will slay them. He said, I make a life and I kill, he says. He does it if we don't do it. So it would be better 
for us to do it before he come into the picture. This is what's happening. So Samuel was raised in the temple at Shiloh under guidance of Eli, the high priest. So how he's dealing with things happening in the temple. So Samuel was watching the whole thing. And, and he was growing up under Eli, and he was old. And he couldn't really see. In other words, not just naturally, you know, spiritually, he was kind of dark too. Probably wasn't that way. So when he talks about when he was young, when we were young, we're young in the spirit also. We can see things, and we can hear things, and we can do things. But when we get old, and when the Bible talks about Oh, they cannot see, not only the physically, but you got to look in the spiritually. First Samuel 2.11, and Kana went to the Lama of his house. So his household, his hometown was Lama. And the child did minister unto the Lord before the Eli the priest. So he was being trained as a little one. But what can little one do? Maybe carry a candle, maybe a little shovel. And a little one, you know, you use it at the tabernacle because everybody had their own duties they're supposed to do. Okay, so if you are in, in, in a church, we are priests because that's what he said we are. Chosen nation, right, priests, right? Apple over his eyes. We're supposed to do work. So you're not supposed to just sit and warm the church, well, chair. Everybody have a duty to do. Some is clean the ash. Some you have to go outside. You know, they didn't have outhouse. So they're supposed to carry the little shovel and salt. So they go outside when they have to go number two. They have to dig a hole away from the building and do your business. Then you have to cover it. Then you put salt over it. In order to you to do that, you got to carry the little shovel. That's how they did it, salt, preserve, so it doesn't get. Okay, this is how they did it. So I'm we lucky we have a toilet, we can just flush. Yeah. And when we go to Honduras or Cambodia, we don't have that. There's some, you have to pour the water to flush it. Just And they don't have no toilet paper, so you have to use little holes. I don't remember that, what you call that name, but... Anyway, so when I first saw that, I'm looking for toilet paper, and there's nowhere to find. And right next to the toilet, there's a little uh, hose with the spray thing. And I thought, well, I wonder what that's for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even even the that uh, four-star hotel, they did have toilet paper, but they had that little thing at the side. Every Everybody did, and I just didn't know what that was. I really didn't. I thought, oh, maybe they used that because then you also see the little, uh, what do you call, uh, drainage on the floor. So I thought, oh, maybe they just clean with that little hose the floor. I didn't know till later, right? Then I go, oh, my goodness. Okay, so... I think I used it one time. I, I'm going to go. <laughs> it, because it was a desperate situation, but that's it. 
Okay, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> okay, so here is Eli and Samuel. He's teaching what's going on and what kind of duty you have to do. So I'm sure he takes him around. Like when you are get a new job, you, they take you around to orientation. Kind of this is what's happening. Okay. So Samuel, first Samuel two eighteen. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girdled with the linen ephah. So ephah is that breastplate the uh, priests wear with all different kind of color. Then they, I don't know if I can pronounce this or not. Urim and Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay. So they put that on top, and they inquire God about the questions and things with that. Yeah. The first Samuel 26, and the child Samuel grew on and was a favor both with the Lord and also with man as a child. So God was protecting him. And he was actually, the, he was using people, but God was uh, watching over him. He had a plan for him. And you all have a plan God has for you. Yes. Not the same. Everybody's not the same. But God has for you. For Samuel 3.1, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And Eli watched over everything. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. And there was no open vision. And those were the dark times. Spirit was not moving at those times. Because Samuel, it was, that was a judge time. They had a judge to judge the people. They inquire. They have questions. They have a legal battle. They come to judge, and judge will handle, just like Moses did with his people. 3.8, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for thou did cause me. Okay, so this is Samuel hearing voices. Yeah, he's hearing voices, but he could not tell who it was. So he just assumed it was Eli. In order for him to hear Eli's voice, if he, if he thought that was Eli, obviously he did, he had to be pretty close to Eli to hear and run to him and say, here I am. So Samuel, as a little one, helped Eli, his blankets and his uh, waters and, you know, whatever. He, he was Aaron boy, basically. That's how he started. So if you, uh, right now in your ministry, in your life, you're doing errands and all those things. That's a part of a train you have to go through. So don't dismiss the little things. Yeah, be faithfully. Yeah, we, uh, we did. Yeah. But so um, there's always process. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. And uh, he did not just call Samuel one time, three times. And he still didn't know who it was. He's too little. He's young in the Lord. Even though he's at the temple, he's surrounded by the priests. My goodness, who, who will be able to do that? I mean, whoa, you know, as a little young man. By that time, he was about 11 or 12 years old. 
in my research. So, you know, he's getting bigger, but he's still, you know, I mean, he know. Most of us, if we're surrounded by the high priest and being trained by him, oh, my shoulder will go up and say, ooh, look at me, okay? So he ran to him, said, here I am, here I am. And the Lord called him by Samuel, his name. So he ran to him. So, I mean, every little sound of Eli, he moved, he jumped. So Eli finally figured it out, it's the Lord. So he gives him instruction. Okay, so he heard the voice of God. He grew in the favor. Sure. So after he called, the Lord called Samuel the third time, he went into Eli and Eli realized that it was the voice of God speaking to him. And he says, okay, the next time he calls you, say, Lord, here, I am. here am I, mm-hmm. your servant, mm-hmm. to speak to me. And he gave him a prophecy. Are you going to cover this, that yes. Eli would I, I die? I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, well, okay. So, that Eli yes. Would, Eli would die because it's too, he's not disciplining and correcting his two children. And... Should have finished the rest of it. You, yeah, I'm well, not, that that continue. was the one that what the was happening in the temple. Do you remember I covered? Okay, so the prophecy came forward. You can talk about it if you want. <clears throat> well, so the next morning, Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, the Lord spoke to you last night. Yes. What did he say? Because Samuel didn't want to tell him the bad news. And so Samuel delivered the prophecy. And that was the first prophecy that God spoke through Samuel, but not the last one. Samuel was a great prophet of the Lord. Yes, yeah, so basically the Lord told Samuel that he's going to destroy Eli's family. And, uh, and he, he, because the Eli did not uh, punish his son, and he, they, he allowed them to continue work in the temple, yeah, which is holy. And so he's going against everything that God told him as high priest. So the God told Samuel to speak uh, to what he's going to do. He's going to slay his two sons. He's going to slay the uh, Eli. He's going to stop the bloodline, basically. That's what he said. And he's going to raise other priests who obey him, he will do exactly what he needs to do, okay? Really, long story short, if, if we go back to that, that will be speaking about Jesus Christ, the high priest, king, the prophet. That's our Lord, right? So it's actually is prophesying about Jesus, okay? When the Lord said that. So this is how it starts and uh, um, Samuel become prophet. First Samuel three twenty twenty one, and all Israel from then even to Beersheba know that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. But that's begun as a young child, as eleven or twelve years old. God spoke to him. He did not recognize him because he did not know him yet. 
but God revealed himself that way. And from there, he grew. He got trained, wisdom, and knowledge, understanding of what is this all about, just like Jesus grew with wisdom. When he was 12 years old, you remember the Mother Mary grabbed him, brought him home. Okay. So Lord establish you. You don't establish yourself. There's a steps to go. There's step. But be encouraged because every one of us are called. But Lord uses us differently. And he will establish you and people recognize when his right time come. So don't run before God. I did that. It doesn't work. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. See? Yeah, he keeps showing up after that because he want to encourage you to walk this out. He will never leave you or forsake you. Samuel was prophet, judge over Israel. Samuel established Israel as a monarchy. God chose him to know him to counsel counsel as judge in Israel's kings. He counseled kings. So when you are called to a nation, eventually some people is not called into the nation. Some people call into the congregation. Some people call into your own home. Some people call into the city, state, and nation. But finally, Lord anointed Samuel and to establish so he can do counsel to king and judge the king. That's a long walk. It doesn't happen overnight. Even for Samuel, it took a long time. So now God's telling uh, Samuel to know in Saul because Israel rebelled against God. Because all the hidden nation, they had king. But Israel, they had a real king, the God the Father, the, right? But they didn't want him. They didn't want God to uh, intervene in their life. They wanted just like other people. So they, were, they wanted the king. They thought that would be better for them. So God told him, you go here and you go there, you're going to find somebody. And they're looking for donkey. His father lost. So when you meet him, that's the one you, you're going to anoint as a king. Since you people want to reject me, I'm going to give them what they want. So if you look at your environment, you see the people you're hanging with and all that, then you know. Because if you go to a stinky place for a while, even though you didn't touch it, when you come out, you stink. Mm -hmm. So it's really important who you're hanging with. Like-minded people, okay? If, they, if people come to you with some weird, strange stuff, you better run to another direction. If you cannot discern that, then you need to grow up. Okay, so he's anointing king of Israel, first king of Israel. They reject the real king. 
So for Samuel 10, 1, then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord had anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Okay, so this is how he established Saul. And he was good looking, he was tall, he was beautiful, and everybody just told him. We judge people by our outward looks, right? Yeah. But what's inside is more important, right? And we're going to talk about some if I have time to do this. So now, Saul was king, and also the Lord told the Israel people what's going to happen once they establish the king. You're going to work for him in a land, crop, everything you're going to give it to him, pay taxes, this, this, they're going to take the best crop. They're going to take the best sons and daughters. You know, he's going to do all this stuff. And the Israel people say, no problem, God. We'll do. Okay, so that's how it happened, right? This is a Sunni's interpretation. Then after all this, after all this, he become big man in his heart, same as his statue. So that's how is the kingdom of uh, uh, Israel started without God, actually, really. So Samuel confronts Saul because he did keep this obeying God because it's greed and pride. First Samuel 15, 20, 21, Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which is the Lord sent me. He's saying, I did what God asked me to do. Don't we always have an excuse? I have sometimes. <laughs> and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekite. He did most of them, but he didn't do all of them. But the people took the spoil, sheep and oxen, and cheap of the things which should have been utterly destroyed because it's cursed thing, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. So the God wanted everything to be destroyed. The, the old and young and baby, everybody, don't matter if you, everything, everything is detestable in his nostril. It stinks to him. So he said, get rid of them all. But he didn't. Now he's uh, saying, he's, he's saying it's the people, but the people did it. So God basically said, I'm going to get rid of him, and I'm going to raise up another king. That's when David comes in the picture. So now he confronted Saul, and Saul heard it, knew he's done because the Spirit of God left him. All right? And now... Samuel's anointing David to be king of Israel. Now, David had many, many brothers. They are good-looking, tall. They were famous. I mean, they're loved and adored by everyone, including the father. I don't know what happened to David. I mean, he's the youngest one, usually youngest son. Don't we adore them? They stay in the shelter, they, all this stuff, but they were, 
They were just, he was out there. He was out there with the animal, doing all those work, as his brother's not. Is that the, um, sometimes there's a favoritism in the family with the brother and sons and daughters. I was my, fav- my father's favor. Everybody knew it too when I was growing up. So we have a lot of issues in the family. The, the sibling fighting over their position in normal family because mom and dad favor one of them. So they have a jealousy, they're fighting, they hate it, and all this thing happens, even now. So Samuel 16, 13, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, which is so he thought the first one, second one, third one, fourth one, fifth one. Boy, he looked at outwardly, and if Samuel said, Wow, must be this one. Why must be this one? After that, God said, no, not that one, not that one. And he will tell us as a leadership, said, not that one, not yet. This one, yeah, now. Yeah, so the leadership is very important, who you're sitting under. You think about all this thing when you read Samuel? You guys are good. So this is what happened. God chose David. But David had a relationship with him, even though his status wasn't established in his family. So you cannot just look at the, you know, black sheep of the family. God uses black sheep of the family a lot of times. And the spirit of the Lord come up on David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Lama. You know, Samuel had school of a prophet at Lama. Elijah time, it talks about it. So it was established by, sounds like established by the uh, prophet Samuel, the prophet school. So that's how it started. And school was at Lama. And the spirit of the Lord come up on David when he got anointed. What kind of supernatural thing is that? Did he become king at that time? Of course not. Look at what happened to his life. Look at all the traumatic experience he had to go through. He bet, get killed by the Saul. He, God put him in the palace to know what palace, what's going on in palace. Jealousies, politics is all there. Some churches have a lot of politics. A lot of cliques and politics. It happened there too. It happened there too. So long story short, you all know the story. He even acted like he was a crazy man. He hide in the cave. We're supposed to be like-minded people, but people who hung with him was a loser at that time. But they become a mighty man. See? So we have hope. I mean, there I can go on with a lot more as the story goes. But for Samuel, stories are only at the first Samuel. It wasn't at the second one. 
Okay, you probably already know that. I just want to point that out. So I just want to give you encouragement. Because when God calls you, you know, but later on he establishes you, then other people know. Then it takes a long time. Because he did not be a prophet of a whole Israel and Judah all the way to different city. He started at the temple under guidance of his leadership. So be patient, trust God, and be humble, and grow up. Okay, I bless you in God's holy name, and let the Holy Spirit move on your life to accomplish what you are called to be. Thank you. God bless you all. Good morning, Spirit of Prophecy Church. It is Sunday February 25th, the last Sunday of the month. Um, we do um, short announcements today. We have baby shower March 10th after church for Jessica and for um, Kate Gallo. So if you can just bring, we've got some flyers if you're wanting to know. I think one's just wanting diapers, a few bo boy clothes for the Gallos. It'll be their first boy. They've got house full of girls. Jonathan's excited to, not, to finally still be outnumbered but have one on his team. <laughs> so um, we do have a quick quick clip from Leslie again. She's um, currently in Pakistan. They extended their trip. They're going to start headed back on Wednesday. Wednesday and she'll be back in the States on Thursday. <laughs> so Leslie always has issues getting her head covering on. So we, she always has assistance getting her head covering put on. This is Leslie and Pastor Massey. I don't know if any of these are videos. He has this little uh, statue of a little baby Jesus. And he'll put it up to his mouth and he says, I'm stuck in the Hoya. He says, I'm stuck in Jehovah One. He says he's experienced an intimate relationship with Jesus. I've seen this on video. Also, he says, Lord, I love your drunken glory. And he says, Lord, I love your drunken glory. He might make pig noises. And he says, Lord, I love your drunken glory. And he says, Lord, I love your drunken glory. Like, uh, he also says, I have bartending angels. He tells people if they're going to take a ride on the Holy Ghost mystical carpet. program and his name is John Crowder. Dr. Leslie Johnson, who is here with him. Come on, let's listen to God's name. So, welcome, Sister Leslie, to God Answers Prayers. So, please share with us what God has put on your heart. Okay. Uh, I'm going to continue the session on the Kundalini Spirit. 
ये कुंडलिनी जो बदलू है उससे मुतालिक हमारा दूसरा सेशन है कुछ इस्तलाहात हैं जिनसे मुतालिक आपको जानना बेहद जरूरी है क्योंकि इनका ताल्लुक जो है वो कुंडलिनी बदलू से है मिसाल के तौर पर ये मुराकबा करना या ज्ञान और ध्यान करना ये क्या चीज है और ये जो मुराकबे की दुआ है ये This might be Tamora's new husband. They met just the other day. They had a first date. She said she called me last night. So I believe whenever they speak in two weeks on the tenth, that he's going to zoom. He's going to do a zoom time so that we can all meet and question him and see if he's the right fit. I don't know much other than Sandra can probably give more information than I can. Yes. Okay. I have had to hear all about this guy. So now it's your turn. So, first thing is, is he gets up every morning and reads the Bible, and his favorite book in the Bible is Revelation. And I thought, man, after my own heart, you know, uh, sings really well, really good, clean guy. And this is the the person that Pastor Massey recommended for Tamora. And of course, I, I was talking to Tamora. I said. Are you hearing songs? Are you hearing <laughs> singing around him yet? <laughs> so anyway, they are—they're not this yet, but they're yeah, they're they're getting closer and closer. And so I said, "Are you going to bring him home?" She said, "Well, we're going to visit soon, you know." So I don't know that they're uh, Leslie's changed her heart on uh, arranged marriages. You know, we Americans, we think, arranged marriages, that's not very good. But you go overseas and you see a lot of successful arranged marriages. And this may be an arranged marriage from the Lord. So uh, she said, I said, so are you going to bring him back home with you? She says, no, not until the congregation meets him and they approve. Okay. Yep. Yep. So Leslie said, whenever they do the, they talk about their trip on the tenth. He's going to zoom in so that we can see him via Zoom, face to face, as close as we'll get before they go any further. Um, Lou and soon he did um, deliverance training yesterday, and I believe Lou has a testimony um, from that. Yes, 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 yes. We had a can opener deliverance training class in Richardson yesterday, and it was awesome. We trained and equipped and taught and did uh, renunciations and cast out demons and prayed for healing. At the end, we asked if anybody wanted to come up and get filled with the Holy Ghost with the baptism of fire with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And they're all scared to death, but uh, there was three young men there and two of them were going, go up, go up, go up. So I think they forced him out of his chair. He come up and uh, he got the baptism. It was like a fire hydrant exploded. And, uh, uh, text him after I got home last night and had my dinner and I said how are you doing this is what he wrote it's I'll be honest it is hard to articulate I had to come home and explain to my wife what happened when God first reached out it shocked me I was floored by the power and was very confused I wasn't prepared 
I had a lot of doubt in my heart, and when Sunni asked me to speak into the mic, the words that were prepared in my head were, I'm sorry, nothing's coming to me. But you witness what God had in mind for me. What was once frustration of the unknown is now replaced by a sense of calm and patience. I am more excited navigating the world with a better understanding of Jesus and his grace. You have so much more to say, but settled with this. Because I fear that I would send you a novel. <laughs> My friend who was, has been debating with me, acting as both a mentor and a punching bag to my misguided theology and religious theories was in tears. Good to see God's power, isn't it? His friend was in tears because now instead of having conversations about why I should go to church and which church to go to, we will be talking about what we will be learning about and how to grow in Christ. So that happened yesterday. And this kid, I'm telling you, the power of God, it bowed him over. And for about 60 seconds, he was going, oh, oh, he did not expect what happened. God hit him and he went home different than he came. So glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And now comes the giving the giving. Isn't that a blessing to give? It's more blessed to give than to receive. And that's what we do in this church. So let's get ready. Just remember, you never lose by giving. And I'm going to be an example here. <laughs> here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. God bless. This is a giving church. And the Lord gives us so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Look at them. Everybody pushing to come. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Do we have, uh, oh. Do we have permissions or no? Just no, no missions today. But, you know, should we? Thank you, Lord. We're going to pray over this money that the Lord has brought. Thank you, Lord. I went, drove an hour to meet some friends that we first met in 1994 at a prophecy club meeting. And matter of fact, they met at our home. And he's been a pastor now for, I don't know, 13, 14 years. And so anyway, we, we met and we were talking. And... They said, how's it going? I said, well, actually, it's going pretty good. And they said, well, is that Prophecy Club? I said, actually, no, it's our giving. Amen. Amen. Right? Yes, sir. Yes, good. I don't think our blessing comes from Prophecy Club. No. I don't think our blessing comes from Spirit of Prophecy Church. No. I think this is where our blessing comes from. Amen. When we give. Yes. Because when we give, we're saying, I'm putting you above me. I'm thinking of you first. I believe you. I can't, can't tell you how many times I've given when the flesh part of Stan says, 
Okay, think about this. <laughs> yes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, yes. now, think, now think about what you're doing. Now think. Think, Stan. Think. This, is, this, could, this could be a very big hole. This could be... Right? Right? No. It's more important they get the help. Amen. Right? Yes, sir. Some of you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then I invite you to begin to stretch your faith and believe God. Because our real blessings as a nation, I, I just heard Trump complaining. Well, we should stop giving, just giving to these nations. We, it should be a loan. Where do you think the blessings for this nation has been coming from? We give, give, we give, 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 give. And of course, the Democrats think it's hurting us. But the Christians know it's helping us. Yes. Because when you give to God, he doesn't, if you give one, whatever that one is, how many zeros are behind it, he doesn't give one back. He always gives a little bit more. Amen. Sometimes a lot more. Amen. And sometimes it shocks you Amen. how much he gives back. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then there's a whole another realm of God to learn. Right? Amen. Right? Yes, sir. Yes. Now, you folks online, let me encourage you. Okay, so you're not given to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. You're not given to Tony or Stan or Leslie. No. You're given to the Lord. Amen. And you're saying, you know what? I see you in this church. Amen. I see your word with that compromise going out. Amen. And that is more important than me. And I'm going to give. I'm going to give not just because I believe in them, but because I know you. I know who you are. Amen. You are a giver. You made the heavens and the things that therein are. Yes. And the earth and the things that therein are. And the sea and the things that are therein. Yes. That is who you are. That is what you are. Is the God that gives. I cannot outgive you. And so we give. Amen. And we get blessed. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for what the people have given. And Lord, we don't even have to ask. We know you're going to give back. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. David said, I will not give unto the Lord that which has That's cost right. me nothing. So giving might look like you doing a, 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 a work. Oh, it's so hard to give. But the Lord always gives you a lot more. And it's part of our love. So Amen. thank you, Jesus, for this money and multiply it, Lord. And bless all these givers. In amen. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank amen. You. Morning, morning, morning. How we doing? Test one, two. Can you hear me? Hello? Look at all these pretty smiling faces. Danny, if you wouldn't mind to up in the monitors a little bit, please, for me. All right, let's get, uh, we got our praise shields, we got our dancers, we ready to rock and roll? No? We're not even standing up. Let's all stand. How about that? That'd be a great start. <laughs> Amen. Father God, we do boldly come before your throne room of grace and mercy, full of praise and adoration for who you are. Who you are. 
And as your servants, we will cast our crowns at your feet this morning through praise and worship. May it be a sweet, sweet fragrance upon you at your throne. And as we sing and as we dance and as we wave those praise shields, may it be with the purest heart that we have. So we ask in in the name of Jesus that you forgive us of our sins so that we might be just as pure and honest before you in this praise and worship today as possible. For great you are and greatly to be praised. We love you and thank you for everything in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's get started this morning. Let's all clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Your house today, Lord. We love you. We love you, Lord. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who forevermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, he holds the victory. Come on. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. Shout it out. We'll shout out your praise. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God today, Lord. We praise your name. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Because he hung up on that cross. Then he rose up from the grave. My God, still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. Hallelujah. We were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by his grace. Let the house of the Lord sing his praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, come on now. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing His praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. Come on now. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We'll 
Shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we want to Shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Their God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. We bow before your throne today. Praise the hallelujah this morning. Come on. Jesus. I raise a hallelujah. Come on. In the presence of my enemies. Come on now. I raise a hallelujah. Louder than the unbelief. Raise the hallelujah. My weapon is the melody. Come on. I raise the hallelujah. As heaven comes to fight for me. Here we go. Because I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. For death is defeated, our King is alive. Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb. I raise a hallelujah.
our crowns at your feet. our crowns at your feet, casting, casting our crowns at your feet. Oh, 
Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for allowing us the opportunity to worship you. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your blessings. And we always pray that we are as much a blessing to you as you are to us. We give you all praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn the lights on. Yep. Father in heaven, it's a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Experience your power and your presence. And now we get to experience one of your apostles giving an awesome message. Amen. And Lord, I ask you to anoint him head to toe. Let the spirit of fire of the Lord come down and burn. And let the truth be spoken and let us receive it. Receive it and use it as a sword to cut our way through the darkness with no fear in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Wisdom and might are yours. You change the times and seasons. You remove the kings and set it up kings. You give it the wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. You reveal it the deep and secret things. You knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with you. You kill, you make a lot. You wound, you heal, and neither can any deliver out of your hand. You are the first, the last, the beginning and the end, the everlasting to everlasting. And Lord, it is our purpose and our heart to gather to worship you this morning and to stand strong in the storm that is coming. Though our nation falls, we will not. Though many around us fall, we will not. We will stand strong and not deny your name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, so we're going to talk today on have patience. Nah, I hear that from my wife all the time, right? No, 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 not this kind. So what kind of patience is it talking about? Well, the kind of patience we talk about today is hold your tongue or don't get upset. Or you talk too, or you talk too fast. Or you talk too soon, right? That's not the patience we're talking about. So when <laughs> let me back up. So when I went to pray, Lord, what do you want to say tomorrow? Because you're the only one that knows the end from the beginning. You're the only one that knows what we really need to hear. What do we need to get prepared for? Because yes, I'd like to see more people come to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. But more than anything, it's all about you. It's all about building your kingdom. So what do you want to say? And I heard Deuteronomy 13. Now, I, I, I just talked on Isaiah 13. That's, that's, that's what I was getting at. Okay, Lord, what do you want to talk on? Deuteronomy 13. Right? You ever been there? It was like, I told you. <laughs> What's in Deuteronomy 13? Probably nothing, 
but I'll go and I'll look and we'll see if that relates. So I'll ask you, does this sound like we relate? Would you aim that a little bit higher and get it on me? It, it is kind of warm up here today, isn't it? It is kind of warm, isn't it? Well, the only reason that happens, I assure you, is because Leslie's not here. Uh, it's, it's missing me. It's aiming up there. i got to get it aiming. On. Okay, so anyway, so is this talking to us today? If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and give it a sign or a wonder, and the sign of wonder come to pass, whereof he speaking to thee, saying, Let us go after the gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken to the words of that prophet. What do you think? These days the internet is full of people that, come on, hear from the Lord. Send your money to me because I'm hearing from gold. Oh, there's gold dust. <laughs> Leslie talked, matter of fact, she's talking about that in uh, Pakistan where she is. So is this talking to us today? I believe from everything I've seen, the scriptures it says that God is going to send a strong delusion so that all those who not come to the knowledge of the truth that Jesus is Lord, all those not come to the knowledge of the truth would believe a lie and be damned. Because they love not the truth, they were damned. In other words, he's basically saying, look, for 2,000 years I've offered you my son's blood, a free gift to live eternally with me, and you've refused it. Instead, you've gone after all these other gods. So, you want all of those other gods? You want Lucifer? Fine, I'll give you Lucifer. You got him for three and a half years, but you're not going to like it. So what God is saying to the Spirit of Prophecy Church, those people that will listen, what he's saying to them is, don't go after other gods. See, because when it says have patience, back up, there it is. Patience, according to what Revelation, the book of Revelation, describes it, is don't quit. That's what it's saying. We are the generation that is going to have a lot of quitters. Okay, so let's talk just a minute. I think we're hearing them saying right now that they are going to have a... Disclosure. Anybody know what the disclosure is? How many of you know? Raise your hand. Okay, they're talking about having these experts that really, really know come in and speak to the U.S. House of Representatives about UFOs. We want to know about UFOs. Okay, here's their plan. Matter of fact, this is Monday's program, but you're going to hear it, right? So I don't have to go through that, right? Prophecy Club? A fella back in 1994 was a secret courier for a, an organization for the government that I shan't say. As a matter of fact, the program, I said some things in the program that I can't say on the platforms because I know they'll take me off because this is, they don't want this out. So I, I come up with Prophecy Club Unfiltered. So I put like about the first five minutes of the program up on the platforms but then I say, but if you want to watch it, you have to go over to another website called Watch Prophecy Club. Watch it for free. It doesn't cost you anything. 
but I can't say it on the platforms. And I can't say it right here because we're on the platforms. So I can't tell you some things. But in essence, this is what he discovered. A secret courier, and apparently he opened one of the envelopes. Two months later, he was dead. But he did a radio program. I have a copy of the radio program that was typed out. And what he says, only part of it. Okay, I, I, Again, I'm, there are some things the devil absolutely doesn't want out. This is one of the big ones. That they are going to basically land at the UFOs, which, according to Vicki Goforth Parnell, they're not really UFOs. They're really not aliens. What they really are is Lucifer and his fallen angels, which is half man, half uh, of, of, of a demon, just like Genesis 6 says. Sons of daughter came down and made it with the daughters of men. Their offspring were giants in the land, mighty men of old, and that word in the Hebrew means they were eternal. They did not die. And some of them are still alive today. And then in Revelation when it says, and I heard the seven thunders, and I heard a voice from, seven, uh, from heaven speak to me and say, see, let those things with the seven thunders uttered and write them not. We have two people that the Lord told what the seven thunders said. Would you like to know? Release the giants. So they're going to have these UFO brothers come out, pop the hatch, and basically say, okay, we're here to help mankind. Pull out a lot of patents. A lot of those patents the, the actual humans came up with, but they were suppressed. And then once they've got mankind's trust, then they say, oh, okay, <laughs> We got to straighten this out. We keep people talking about this guy, Jesus. Okay, so what they're going to say is, we got to straighten you out. This Jesus guy, no, 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 no. He was nothing. This guy over here pointing to the Antichrist, he's really God. He's really the Son of God. And there's, watch the program Monday. As a matter of fact, there's so much to it, I probably have to make two programs on it. Anyway, so it says, do not go after gods which thou hast, known, hast not known, and let us have, do not go after other gods. The devil has many plans. I'm choosing my words carefully because we're on a platform. I can't say everything I want to say. Go to watchprophecyclub.com and hear me say it. He has some very, very powerful plans, sad to say, that are directed not at the Buddhists, or the Muslims, he's not directed at them. He's got them. He's not worried about them. He's directed at us. We're the target. He's after us. Sad to say, many people will fall away. So when he says, have patience, he's saying, don't quit. In your lifetime, we are all going to have the opportunity, even Dimitri said, we're going to have the opportunity to deny Jesus. Most people will have the opportunity to deny Jesus. Oh, no, Stan. I would never do... Well, it's easy to say in a very blessed nation on a Sunday morning when you're sitting into a nice comfortable pew and you've got air conditioning and you had a nice breakfast and you're just doing... It's okay. It's easy to say, oh, I'll never deny Jesus, but wait until the UFOs come down. And you wait until everybody around you has the mark of the beast. I'm saying today it's time for us to gird up our loins, so to speak. It's time for us to set our jaw 
You know what I mean? Okay? It's time for us to say absolutely, positively, there was no way under the sun I'm going to deny Jesus. And then maybe you have a chance. I mean, I'll be totally honest. In my prayer closet, there's been many times, Lord, don't let me fall. I think it's going to be a lot easier than what anybody has ever thought. It's going to be a lot harder to keep Jesus in your heart than you possibly... Why do you think this generation is also about to be the most blessed generation? Okay, let's go on. That shall not hearken other words that prophet or dreamer dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Our God does not prove us. Tests? Where do you think we get a testimony? Because we survived and passed a test? Right, Tony? Like losing your wife? To test you. To try you. To know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him. And keep his commandments and obey his voice, and you shall serve him and cleave unto him. And that prophet, or that dreamer of dreams, now, I'm not going to say those words, because if I say those words, then somebody on a platform, or a platform owner someplace could say, Oh, you said, see what I'm saying? And they could accuse me. But you can read them, you know what I'm saying. Because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt, and redeemed you out of the house of bondage. Now, what does redeemed mean? Okay, so somebody got arrested. The next morning, a good friend shows up to pay the bond. That's redeeming them. Only Jesus redeemed us totally, okay? Redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. So shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. Now, in this case, I'm not going to say, but he says do some pretty drastic things to stop people from convincing you to go after the gods. And by the way, if we had something like that, there would be a whole lot fewer people going after the gods in our nation. Let's go on. If thy brother and the son of thy mother or the son of thy daughter or the wife of thy bosom or thy friend, which is thine own soul, entice thee secretly, saying, let us go and serve other gods, which thou hast not known, thou nor thy fathers, namely the gods of the people which are round about you, nigh unto thee, or far off from thee, from, one, from the one end of the earth even to the other end of the earth, thou shalt not consent unto them. Nor hearken... What do you think? Was this a message we need to hear today? Yes. You think I heard from God to bring this message? I do. I do. Thou shalt not consent to him, nor, nor hearken to him. Neither shalt thine eye pity him, neither shalt thou spare, neither shalt thou conceal him. But bum, 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 thy, land, thy hand shall be first upon him to put him to death, and afterwards the hand of all thy people. Now, I'm not suggesting that we hurt people. Matter of fact, we're soul winners. We want to win people to Jesus, not hurt them, right? Okay, let me make that clear. And thou shalt run and heat and thine, because he has sought to thrust thee away from the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, and all Israel shall hear and fear. 
and she'll do no more. Well, you know, they could use a little of that here, fear stuff. Um, New York, heard about the lady just out jogging and some illegal immigrant killed her. Oh, you heard it. It's not been on the news the last couple of days, right? Okay. Huh. You mean those illegal immigrants that broke our laws coming into our nation did something wrong? Surely not. They're here for jobs. Moving along, if thou shalt hear say in one of the cities which the Lord thy God hath given thee to dwell there, saying, Certainly the children of Belial, or Baal, are gone out from among you and have withdrawn the inhabitants out of the city, saying, Let's go and serve the gods which you have not known. Then thou shalt inquire and make search and ask diligently, and behold, if it be true, and if the thing certain, that such abomination is wrought among you, then here's what you're to do. Thou shalt surely done, 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 and thou there is therein, and the cattle thereof, and the edge of the sword. So God can be pretty harsh sometimes, right? And thou shalt gather all the spoil of it into the midst of the street thereof, and shall burn with the fire of the city and the spoil thereof, and everywhere. That means all of the gold, the silver, the diamonds, everything they found in that city, destroy everything in the city. Why? Because they went after other gods. Now, if we did that in America, we don't. We don't even come close to that. But if we did that, it would put a screeching halt to a lot of the other filth. Anyway, let's go on. And there shall cleave none of the cur- not of the cursed thing to thy hand. Don't take any of it. That the Lord may turn from the fierceness of his anger. Okay, so what is that saying? Isn't that saying right now that God is pretty angry at America? with all the filthy things that we are doing, he's got to be pretty angry with us. So that he can turn his fiercest anger and show the mercy and have compassion on thee and multiply thee as he has sworn unto the fathers. 18. When thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God to keep all his commandments which he commanded thee this day to do that which was right in the eyes of the Lord thy God. This should be our heart in America today. Now let's jump to Revelation 14. And I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell on the earth. And to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, I believe that every ear on the planet will hear this. I believe that this is going to be happening about right in here. Just, well, excuse me, about right in here. There it is, everlasting gospel. Now, let me back up. Let me explain the chart. So the voice said, the seven seals play over seven years, and they conclude here. The seven trumpets play over the last seven months and conclude on the same day. The seven vials play over the last seven days, and they all conclude here on the Feast of Trumpets. So about four months is my guess. This is when the angel was flying through the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel. Now from here is to here is seven years. Now, try to remember this. From here to here is the last seven months. From here to here. The first trumpet. Now, let me go to another chart. Ah, back up. So, from here to here, actually from here to here, is seven months, about seven months. The next time Jesus returns, he returns here on first fruits. He resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. They walk around with Jesus all over Jerusalem for sure, probably Israel, 
for 50 days. Then we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, the wheat. We are the wheat, the Jews are the barley. This is where the everlasting gospel, I think, that as Vicky Goforth Parnell said, that as the bombs, the Russian bombs, talking about what Dmitri said, as the bombs come down, we go up. And that sounds pretty good to me. The reason I say that is because the everlasting gospel is preached here. My understanding is like probably the day before, this is like your last chance. If you want to be saved before all hell hits the earth, here's your last chance. If you want to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So it's preached here. And then we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, it's not about us. We don't get our crowns. We don't get our glorified body yet. We don't get our mantles, none of that. All we get here is a wedding garment. Wedding garment, and then Jesus is brought forth and crowned King of kings and Lord of lords. He has given many crowns, a vesture dipped in his own blood, and a white horse. We also get a white horse about four months later, to return with him. So it's Jesus in front, and then two angels behind him with sharp sickles, the armies in heaven, and us back behind them in tow. We get to go down with him from the marriage supper of the Lamb to see the morning star delivered, the earth cleansed. So probably the day before, this is the the everlasting gospel. Let me back up now. I saw another angel flying through the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to every... Uh, all is dwell in the earth to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory unto him, for the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him made heaven and the earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. So that's where that fits together. Now let me keep going. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon has fallen, is fallen. I've explained this many times, but if you see it has two fallens. There's an is fallen and another is fallen. I think that there's two fallens, there's two judgments on America, and here's how that works. So the first is fallen is on about or right after we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's Babylon is fallen. Again, the bombs come down, we go up. Then, four months later, when we return with Jesus, this is the second Babylon is fallen. This one is because of sins in the church. This one is because she shed the blood of prophets and saints and all that were slain upon the earth. So America here, when the Christians are all gone to the marriage supper of the Lamb, not all of them, those that are ready, the parable says, then, uh, and I know some of you may be saying, wait a minute, this is new stuff. Yeah, well, what happens when you read the Bible? You get new stuff, okay? (laughs) I got some new stuff. Uh, Anyway, now what point was I making here? Oh, this is uh, from sins of the church, and this is from killing the Christians. All right, now let's go on. And the th- this, is the, this is the big verse that I wanted to bring today. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice. Now this is the warning. And this happens when we leave here, this is... Right here, Mark warning, right there. there. That's it. Okay, so the day after we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, and by the way, this is not a rapture, okay? At this point, most Christians are dead, so it's only very few. But the Mark warning takes place here. Probably the day after we leave, this is when 
the angel flies through the midst of heaven. And he gives a warning. If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. Let me just tell you, that's not good. Which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he should be tormented with the fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night. Who worship the beast, I will say, or his image, or who receive it the mark of his name. Any one of the three, and let me explain torment. Torment is try to imagine if you're burning all over and you can't stop it and you can't pass out and you can't die. And that happens for all eternity. The beast, the false prophet, the people that have the mark of the beast, and then a thousand years later, Lucifer is added with them. They're tormented. So whatever happens, don't take that mark of the beast. In case you're wondering, here's the, the verse on patience. Here's the patience of the saints. Here are they to keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Now, when is this? So this is Revelation 14.9. We just read 11. This is verse 12. Meaning, right after the angel flies through the midst of heaven, and I believe everybody's going to hear it. I think every year on the planet will hear it, and we will, because this is the last warning. Then the very next warning is, here's the patience of the saints. Here they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Why? He's speaking to those people that were not ready. They may have accepted Jesus, but they were not ready to go to the wedding. So they're stated. Now, the next verse says, I don't know if I put that verse up there. No, I didn't, but I'll quote it. So the next verse says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying, There's two different places Revelation says that. I've got to remember which one it says here. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Meaning, if a person is a Christian but they weren't ready, they don't get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, their works will still follow them over the last four months for whatever happens. All right, now, let's talk about patience because that's the point of it today. Is it warm in here to me? Warm in here to you? <laughs> I guess I should ask. Is it warm in here to you? Is there, it was, oh, you like it? Okay, all right, no complaint. Let me get some more air on me. Just down just a little bit. Anyway, so here's patience. So that we ourselves glory in you, the churches of God, for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. But notice, patience and endure are in the same sentence. Be not slothful, for followers through faith and patience inherit the promises. He's saying, stick with me. In other words, there's coming some things that you are absolutely not going to like. It's going to be difficult, but he's saying, stick with me. Take my brethren the prophets, who spoken in the name of the Lord for the example of suffering, affliction, and patience. So, patience is suffering. I think I made my point. Let me go on. Now let's jump to Revelation 13. And I've got to explain this and this to get to this. And this is the point that I'm trying to make. So let me explain this. Revelation 13. This is the world government chapter. I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, 
The beast is the world government. The sea is people. Having the seven heads, I believe that's where they divide the seven global, the seven continents into ten global regions. <clears throat> Each global region has a ruler and had ten crowns or ten rulers. Upon his heads the name of blasphemy. They all blaspheme God. And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard. That would be Islam. His feet were as the feet of a bear, Russia. His mouth is the mouth of a lion. That would be England and the West Powers. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Now, here's where it gets a little complicated. I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. What is that? I saw one of these ten crowns where they divided the... By the way, this has not happened. It's very close. Where they divide the, the globe into ten regions. Each region has a head. So it's saying, I saw one of those ten regions that's wounded to death. does not say he's shot. does not say anything happens to his head at all. But he's wounded to death somehow. His deadly wound was healed. And all the world wandered after the beast. That's the Antichrist. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power to the beast. Now, here's the, the point. How is it that one person can be two? They worship the dragon... Okay, that would be Lucifer, which gave power unto the beast. That would be Antichrist. And they worship the beast. How can they worship the beast and dragon both at the same time? Because in the middle of the tribulation, when the Antichrist sits in the Ark of the Covenant, which is the abomination of desolation, the spirit of Lucifer literally enters into his body because that's the whole point of Lucifer. That's been his old God, whole goal. He wants to sit in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. You're not going to miss that moment. So at that moment, it's the Antichrist spirit, but it's also Lucifer. That's the reason it says, they worship the dragon which gave power to the beast, and they worship the beast saying, who's lying to the beast? Who can make war with him? You know, a guy that can come back from life. That was giving him a mouth speaking great things. Now, that's the real problem here. Who gives him the mouth speaking great things? God. So God is giving the Antichrist a special mouth to speak special things that even the Christians will believe. If they have not come to the knowledge of the truth that Jesus is Lord. So he speaks great things. What kind of great things does he Blasphemy is what he speaks. What's blasphemy? It's attacking God. Right now, we don't see anything in the movies, on TV, or anything else. We don't see anything directly attacking Jesus by name. No one is saying, Jesus is a bad guy. That sort of thing. This guy, he's going to. He's going to, big and bad. A mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power is given to him to continue 42 months. How long is 42 months? Three and a half years. You're right. Or time times the dividing of time. Depends on what book you're reading. And he opened his mouth and blasphemed against God. The blasphemy was the name is tabernacle in them that dwell in heaven. And now there's, here's the important part. And it was given him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. What's that saying to you? It's saying that someplace along the line, America and the churches are going to be overcome. The Antichrist is going to overcome them. And when that happens, what's he saying? Power is given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. And I'm glad there's a comma there. Not a period.
because the comma says, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. How many of you have your name in the book of life? Amen. If you don't have your name in the book of life, you folks watching online, all you got to do is ask Jesus into your heart. Ask Jesus to forgive your sins. Ask Jesus to be your God. All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. What's he saying? Do you think that that means people that are not Christians are going to take the mark? I do. Do you think it means that many Christians that are Christians will take the mark? A lot of them will walk away. That's the whole point today is have patience. Don't take the mark. Don't believe them. What's coming is a strong delusion. What's coming is Satan's best to convince us that the Bible is not true. There's going to be Bible-burning parties in America, probably in our neighborhoods. Bible's rounded up. Christian's rounded up. There's going to be the greatest test of our life. That's why we get the greatest blessings. If any man hear and have an ear, let him hear. Now, I don't like this verse. This is the worst verse in the Bible, in my opinion. I don't like it. But I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't write it. I'm just a delivery boy. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. And here's the patience and faith of the saints. What's that saying? All right, what are we talking about? We're just talking about here, a mouth speaking great things. We're talking about the world government's form. We, the, the Antichrist comes out with a big mouth. He is a big mouth. I thought that was a good joke. I thought I'd get a chuckle or something. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, stop it, you're killing me. I love how Lou says that. Stop it, you're killing me. <laughs> okay. And then makes war with the saints. You've got to have some fun with this, right? Don't take it too seriously. Hold on. The other hand, take it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> He that leadeth into captivity should go into captivity. means if you turn people over to the new world order, mark of the beast, the antichrist, you're going to be turned over. Now here's the part I really don't like. And he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. What's that saying? It's saying that if they're coming after us because we don't have the mark of the beast, we should not kill them. Run, hide, but we should not kill them. What? Look at it. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. And then he says, here's the patience of the faith of the saints. Now, what's he saying? He's saying, yeah, they're going to hunt you down. They're going to try to kill you. Try not to let them kill you, but don't lose your faith. Amen. What's he really saying? He's saying is, probably most of my people are going to get killed, but this is my plan. What happened to, I get blessed if I'm a Christian. Well, you are blessed if you're a Christian. I didn't write the stuff. I'm just a delivery boy. Okay. Is that right? Or am I misunderstanding? Am I misinterpreting? Yeah, I know it's right. You know. Okay, let's go on. I beheld another beast. Now, this is your, your religious beast. Coming up out of the earth, he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. He exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly one was healed. Now, 
Here's the big point. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Try to imagine this is probably the Pope. The Pope, while the Antichrist is in his presence, can raise his hands and lightning comes down and strikes whoever, whatever, wherever he says. I mean, that's some pretty convincing signs, wonders, and miracles, right? I'm saying he's going to use that and more. Big plans. There may be a time when you turn to your best friend and say, now we're sure Jesus is Lord. Right, right, just to assure each other. I'm saying it's going to be that hard. It's going to be a test. Okay. And he deceiveth them. Now, what's the thing about being deceived is the person that's being deceived, at the time they're being deceived, doesn't know it. See if I can remember that verse. See, not a verse, but a saying. Uh, the thing about... Not that, the thing about being deceived is you don't know it when you're being deceived. No. The, the greatest barrier to the truth is the belief you already have it. The greatest barrier to the truth is the belief you already have it. The greatest barrier to the truth is the belief you already have it. If they already have the mark of the beast, and if they are already convinced that they did the right thing, you see we have a problem? He deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles. Now see, Jesus used miracles to show people that he was God. So what's the Antichrist going to do? Same thing. What kind of miracles? Probably some of the same miracles. Why? He can't do miracles like that. Wait a minute. Look at what he did to Job. And wait a minute. If he's causing the sickness, he can also remove his hands and the sickness goes away, right? So can he do some of the same miracles? Yes, he can. They're lying signs and wonders. He deceiveth them that dwell. Is this good stuff? I'm telling you, most people turned out there. I'm not going to hear this stuff. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which had power to do into the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast. Now, what's the image? Anybody have an idea? What's the word? What's the word? Oh. I don't know about you, but have you noticed it? I mean, good grief. I mean, I open up the Word program, and here's a little thing. We've got AI. Click here and try it out. I go over to another program. Here's one. We've got AI now. Click and, and ask it a question. Everything is turned into AI now, artificial intelligence. Okay, this is my opinion. I think when it says the image of the beast, it will be a flesh and blood image. But I don't think it will be just flesh and blood. I think it will be part flesh and blood and part machine. They can't do that. Oh, yes, they can. <laughs> Several people have seen in dreams and visions that they are already doing and they're near the perfecting stage right now. So try to imagine a person that comes forward that looks like the Antichrist except this is the image of the beast. Probably they'll call him a clone. We'll accept clone and cloning. But he's connected into 
and come on, an AI quantum computer that knows all human knowledge, and he can start correcting mankind, correcting all of these mistakes. He'll probably come out with, you know, uh, things like a better way to make the gasoline engine. You know, they've heard about the things that the 150 miles per gallon carburetor that got thrown away back in the 50s or so, those kind of things. I'm saying that deceptions are coming our way that are specifically planned for the Christian. The devil is after your heart. If they're Buddhist, if they're Eastern religion, Allah, Allah, he's not worried about them. They're going to be easy. You're the target. So this morning we have to have patience. We cannot let ourselves fall. So he's going to make an image of the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast both speak and cause. That means he's issuing orders. As many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed and he causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark on the right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast for his number of a man. His number is 600, three score, and six. Or, these are the five things to avoid. That no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark, the name, or his number. And in this verse, it shows us four things. The beast over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name. So, these are the things we have to avoid. We cannot worship the beast, which is a man. We cannot worship his image, which is probably half man, half computer. Or take his mark. We believe that's what it's going to look like. Or his name. We don't know what his name is. Or his number. We do know that that's his number. That's the way you write 666. That is what three people saw is the mark of the beast. So, these are the things we must avoid. Kim Peters said it looked like this with a red, yellow background. Estanya Lewis said she saw it with a red background. Makes no difference, whatever it is. When we see something similar to that, mm-mm. Look, if, if you have to have anything in order to buy or sell, I don't think it's going to be a trick. I think they're going to openly come out and say, you have to worship the la-da-da-da-da, whatever that is. This guy. And they're going to get you away from Jesus. Another drawing said it might look something like that. Or something like that. I'm only showing you. You've seen those before, right? At least around here you've seen it around. We've got it on the wall, okay? Okay, so... <clears throat> The main point today is have patience. And that patience is not hold your temper. It's don't leave Jesus. Don't lose him. Don't walk away from him. Whatever happens. And the smoke of the torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest, day or night, who worship the beast or his image or whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Don't do it. Don't do it. So I want to give you an opportunity to ask Jesus into your heart. Online, whether you're watching a recording of this, whether you're in the room, wherever you are, it's so simple. It's so simple. 
Ask Jesus to forgive you. He's the only one that can. Just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my God. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer, it's been a long time since I've got an email at this email address, and that's sad as many people are not Christians in this nation right now. Send me an email to that email address saying, all right, I just asked Jesus into my heart. And if you'd like to become a member, I encourage you to become a member. Well, wait a minute. Can't I just watch it and not be a member? Sure. If you want to leave a lot of blessings behind, you can. But if you want to sort of like share in the blessings God is going to give at Prophecy Club and Spirit of Prophecy Church, then become a ministry member. And oh, by the way, if you want to donate, there at the bottom there's a place where you can donate. And we even make it easy. You can pull out your cell phone and act like you're going to take a picture of that and your cell phone will draw a little yellow box around it. You touch that yellow box and boom, you're at a place where you can make a donation. So, I think you know what to do with that. The whole point that I've tried to make today, don't fall away. Don't fall away. Heard people say, when in Rome, do as the Romans. Well, when the evil comes into America, don't do as the evil. You know, you folks have been coming for a long time. You'll, you'll understand what I'm about to say. For a long time, God had laid on my heart not to bring any prophecy into the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Again, if they want prophecy, then go to Prophecy Club. But for the last three Sundays, he said, bring them prophecy. I don't know what's coming. As a matter of fact, let me talk about the, the China-Taiwan thing. So I haven't heard that China's invaded Taiwan. Okay, does that mean that that was a mistake for me to talk about it? No, let me explain. Deuteronomy 18.21 says, If the prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, and that thing follow not, and it will come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, thou shalt not be afraid of him. That's the prophet's call. The prophet is to only speak what God speaks. All right, now let's talk about that. Does everything God say always come to pass? The correct answer is no. Why? You mean God says something that doesn't come to pass? Well, did God speak to Jonah? Yes. Did he tell Jonah that if they repented, that he would not bring the judgment on Nineveh? No, he said, go tell Nineveh in 40 days, I'm going to destroy the, the city. And Jonah decided to go fishing instead. But the fishing boat brought him back. <laughs> So he decided to do as he was told. And because the king accepted it, accepted it. now today, would our king, i.e. President Biden or Trump, would they accept that? And the king took off his kingly clothes and put on sackcloth and sat in ashes for three days and called for all humans, animals, to have no food or water for three days. You think that happened in America? Not on your life. I can't even get people to listen to simple stuff like, you know, Mark of the Beast things. Much less America's... Oh, here's another thing. 
So anyway, back to my point. Was it right to warn people that, that the pro- there was a prophecy that seems to be, I think I said 90, 95% chance, that China could invade Taiwan? See, to the prophet, they can't miss. But if you read Ezekiel 33.6, it says, If the watchman sees the sword come and blows not the trumpet, then their blood is on his head. That means as a watchman, when I see a sword come, I see problems coming, I'm to blow the trumpet. And if I don't, then their blood is on my head. Now, does it any place in there say that the watchman's responsible to see that the sword comes? No. So, did I do my job warning you? Absolutely. Now, like Leslie said, we'll, we'll sometimes have discussions on this. Yeah, but just a lot of stuff you say just doesn't come to pass. Yes. Well, but I'm a watchman. Right? A watchman's responsible to blow the trumpet when he sees a sword. Did I see a sword? Yes, I saw a sword. Was I right to bring it? Yes, I was right to bring it. Yeah, but... But we're not supposed to want to see this stuff come. As a matter of fact, we're supposed to be praying against it. matter of fact, if you join uh, FastGap at prophecyclub.com, we got like 850 people that fast and pray, and there's every, every week... And there's a long list. takes you two minutes to read through it, to pray through it, to, to, to pray. Long list, the list of things we're praying that do not happen. And matter of fact, one of the top things was that China would not invade Taiwan. Now, does that mean it's not coming? Well, if I have my way about it, yeah. Well, then why would you warn people? Because that's what I am, a watchman. I warn. Anyway, uh, so I'm getting you out uh, four minutes early. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Enjoy the nice warm church. Leslie will be back next week.